welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 22nd of January 2017, entitled, A Well of Everlasting Life. And the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 4, verse 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy word. We're just going to read one verse to begin with. Then we'll go back and look at a few of these others. But John chapter 4. And verse 14 says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Father, I thank you this morning that we have this wonderful privilege, Lord, to be in your house, to have your word before us, to have your spirit within us. Lord, as we now take this time to look into your word, I pray that you would be with, use, touch your unworthy servant. Lord, you know the needs of every heart today. You know exactly what they need to hear. So, Lord, would you please take this time. Speak to hearts as only you can, not with the words of men, but, Lord, through the words that come from you alone and by the power of your Spirit. We will give you all the praise for it, for it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Quite a statement that Jesus is making there. Now, I want us to go back and look at a few things to get all of this in context, but I want you to think, first of all, that Jesus is saying, whosoever drinks of the water that I give him. As I hold this water before you this morning, it's like Jesus said, whoever, anybody, every one of you, whoever will drink of this water that I'm giving, that Jesus is giving, he says, will never, ever, ever thirst again. Most of us have experienced only probably a small touch of what real thirst is because usually when we first begin to get that thirst, then we get something to drink to satisfy that thirst, and it goes away. But of course, If you can't get that drink, when that thirst comes, then that thirst will gradually increase and increase and increase as time goes on without it. The thought of taking one drink and never, ever, ever, ever being thirsty again. But he says, instead of when you take that drink, he says, the water that I give, that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Again, most of us today, we get our water by going to the kitchen sink and turning on the tap, and it runs out, and there it is. But, of course, the picture that's being given to us, I can, I can well remember the times of being in people's homes where that, that well had to be, bucket had to be dropped into the well and that water drawn up. I can well remember those that had these springs of water, this clear spring water that just kept bubbling up and flowing up because of the underground springs all of the time. And 
Jesus is making this phenomenal statement that, wow, if you drink of the water that I give, anybody, whoever drinks of the water that I give, he'll never thirst again because inside of him, it's going to be like a, a well of water that just keeps springing up eternally, everlasting. But he says, this well is not just to satisfy this physical thirst, but he says it's a water springing up into everlasting life. Life everlasting, life eternal. I want you to back up for just a moment before we bring just a few thoughts. This is a passage of Scripture that Jesus himself is speaking as he's traveling. If we go back to, to verse 1 of this chapter, the Bible teaches us that when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized none but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And notice these next words in verse 4. He must needs go through Samaria. He was leaving Judea. He was going to Galilee. He was on this journey. And this was not the shortest route, but the Bible says he must need. He had to go through Samaria. Why was it that as Jesus was making this journey, that it was essential that he travel through Samaria. It says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour, around noon. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus answereth unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Jesus, alone, he's going by this place that is where Jacob's well was from all those years before. He sits on the well. This woman comes to draw water from that well, and he asks for a drink himself. He and this woman there then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. You're asking me for a drink of water? <laughs> How in the world is that? I mean, this feeling, I mean, the, the Samaritans to the Jews were just the, if you'll if pardon the expression that we would use today, the scum of the earth. They wouldn't have anything to do with those people because they were so much better than them. They weren't considered to be real people almost. <laughs> and this woman is shocked that this Jewish man would even lower himself to ask her for a drink of water because of what he must think of her as a Samaritan. Jesus answered in verse 10 and said unto her, Notice this, if thou knewest the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God 
and who it is that saith to me, give me to drink. If you just knew the gift of God and who it is that's asking you of this drink, he says, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. If thou knewest. Now we touched on this for those of you that were here during the Bible study time this morning. If you weren't, you should have been. But we had a time there, and one of the things that we were looking about is this idea of knowing God. Our whole series right now is on this question of who is God. And we were looking at some of those attributes, and one of the attributes that we looked at this morning was that attribute of love. If you knew. I am totally convinced from all that we read in the Scripture, and just as what Jesus is saying to this woman, if you really knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift that God wants to give to you, and if you knew who I am, Jesus Christ, is asking this of you, you would be asking me to give thee. I honestly believe with all of my heart this morning that the problem is if any individual human being truly knew the gift of God that he was going to give to them, that gift of eternal life, that gift of his son to give them life, if they truly knew that, if they truly knew God, then they would love God. Jesus said, you'd be asking me. You see, the problem today is with many of these people, they've never been told. They don't know because no one, no one has offered them the love of God. No one has told them who Jesus Christ is that's offering this wonderful gift to them if they knew. They would be asking. Many of them have never been told. Of course, many of them have been told. Many of them have sat on church pews all of their life or church chairs, church chairs, whatever they might sit on these days. But it's like the old saying, just water off a duck's back. You hear the words, but they don't really grasp and understand. If they only knew what God was offering to them. If they only knew who Jesus was, oh, they would be asking to receive this water that we're talking about here today. The woman goes on and she, she tells him in verse 11, says, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Of course, the natural mind is thinking in the natural way. She sees the natural well. She sees the natural water. And she says, what are you talking about? Me asking you for water? You don't even have anything to get the water out of this well with. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Are you greater than the one that dug this well and put it here in the first place that sustained him and his family and, and all that he has? We see absolutely no understanding, may I say. The some don't know because they've never been told. And that's mine and your responsibility. Some don't know because even though they've sat and heard, uh, it's not got past their ears to their heart. Because for many, Satan has darkened their understanding. He keeps them from understanding. He wants to keep them thinking on the natural as he is with this, with this woman here. 
Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Lady, you're talking about this natural well, even though it may be Jacob's well, it may be a famous well, it may have sustained people's lives, all of these lives. If you drink of this natural water, you see, in this world there are many things that may give you temporary satisfaction, but you're going to thirst again. There's nothing. It's only when we drink of the water that Christ gives, that living water. Only then will we never thirst again. But he's saying here, you know, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. <laughs> but the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus isn't talking about the natural. He's not just talking about the natural thirst. He's talking about spiritual life. He's not just talking about satisfaction now. He's talking about satisfaction for eternity. He's not talking about just life for now. He's talking about life for eternity. There is no other substitute. Nothing else will satisfy that thirst. Even most people that don't know God. There is that within them that has never been satisfied. There is that void, that emptiness. Sometimes they don't even know what it is. I can promise you that there is nothing else that will satisfy that. <laughs> the woman said, hey, you know, <laughs> you're here. This is a well that Jacob dug, and you don't even have anything to draw with, and you're talking about bringing water up and giving me water that I'll never thirst again. And Jesus is saying, <laughs> you drink of this well, you will thirst again. But I'm talking about giving you to drink a well that is within you that will spring up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. What was it that we began to look at up in verse 10? If you knew the gift of God, if you knew who I am, you're the one that would be asking. Now she's asking, Hey, I want that water. <laughs> I want that water that will spring up into me everlasting life. We find that verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus answered to her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband in that Saidest thou truly? The woman saith unto him, Sir, I, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our, our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. One of many places people say, where did Jesus ever 
claimed to be the Messiah. <laughs> Where did he ever claim to be the Son of God? Where did he ever claim it? Well, this is just one. <laughs> you know that there's Christ coming? You know that there's a Messiah coming? <laughs> Guess what? I'm him. I'm the one. I'm the one that has come here. Jesus is the Messiah. He goes on. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Even they're shocked that he's talking to this Samaritan woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou to her? They wouldn't dare ask him. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the man, come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Come, you've got to see this guy if you only knew. If you only knew what God is offering you, if you only knew who Jesus is, this woman, once she's met him, once she saw him, she said, come on, come on. You've got to meet this guy. He told me everything about me. This has got to be the Christ. He goes on. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, the disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. They're still, again, in the natural. They're trying to, to get him to eat the natural food, to feed the natural. And he says, there's more important meat than this. Meat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Even these spiritual fathers didn't understand what Jesus was saying to them. Jesus said unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to furnish his work. You know, most of the time we think about what we can get to satisfy ourselves when we think of meat, of sustenance. But Jesus says, No, my meat, that that sustains me, is me doing the Father's will, me accomplishing his will. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit into life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Jesus said, fellas, there's something more important that sustains me. There's a, there's a work that's got to be done here. God's will, God's work, just look around you. You think that there's still time before the harvest comes. I'm saying, look around you right now. Look on the fields that are white already to harvest. So, time, so many times it's easier for us to put it off until later. Jesus said, hey, it's not this natural meat that's going to satisfy me now. It's me being about the Father's work, the Father's will. Just lift up your eyes and look around you. Look at the harvest that's ready to be reaped right now. 
And, and sometimes you may be doing the sowing and sometimes you may be doing the reaping. Somebody else has already come along and done the sowing. In the end, it doesn't matter if you're doing the sowing. It doesn't matter if you're doing the reaping. The important thing is, is that the harvest is brought in. None of us are doing it ourselves. It's God himself. It's his harvest. We need to be busy about the Father's business, doing what he would have us to do. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Oh, they believed. They believed the testimony. They believed who it was, and they had a desire for him to stay with them. And many more believed, it says, because of his own word. That's why people will believe today when they know him, when they hear his words. Too many haven't heard, but he's given us his word. It's recorded before us. It's preserved before us. And he's told us to look on those fields, to see those that are ready to get busy about the Father's work, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Do you know that our testimonies are important, but it's not my testimony that will save anybody. It might be that my testimony might lead someone else to Jesus Christ because He's the one. If you know who He is, if you know the gift that's coming from God, then you'll be asking. I believe that with all my heart today. People need to know People need to understand the message that is taking place here at this well is a message of the workings and the result of salvation and that God wants to save men. His message to her that he, Jesus Christ, he is the source not of just the natural life. He is the source of life everlasting and if you ask, you'll give. He's using Jacob's well here as a, a wonderful illustration of the message, and then he's applying it. I want to give you three things about this as we tie this together this morning. You see, verse 10, what was it he said? If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to me, give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. If you knew, and in knowing, if you came and asked, he will give to you. Notice in verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water. You see, I want you to notice here, first of all, that the pathway to this satisfaction, first of all, there's the response. There's the response. He's using this very simple illustration. He says, whosoever drinketh of the water. Whoever. Whosoever drinketh. You see, whosoever the, the response here, there's a response that has to come for this to take place, and that's that whosoever must 
drink. That's the action that's taking place. Oh, but there is such a wonderful depth to these words that Jesus is speaking here. You see, the action upon your part, whether it was this woman at the well or yours here today before us, your action is to drink. Whoever will drink. And in the tense that that word is given there to drink, it speaks not of two drinks or a hundred drinks or a thousand drinks. Whosoever drinketh one drink. Whosoever drinks one drink of this. And of course, it's this voice of volition. Whosoever drinketh the action has to take place by the whosoever, that volition that God gives you that you must act. God's done it all. It's all taken care of. It's all right there in the drink. If you just knew what he was giving you and if you knew who he was, you'd be asking for it. Because if you take one drink, if you will, you must take that drink. Nobody else can take it for you. God's not going to pour it down your throat. Whosoever, whosoever will take and drink. You see, the other thing about those words is that there, the potential is there. There is no question of the water being there to drink. The potential is there. The water is there. God's done it all. God's offered it all. It's all there. Everything that you need to have everlasting life, God is offering to you. Your response is to take it. You see, I, I wish I could get away from this microphone and come back there, but I could come back there and I could ask you right now, is there anybody in here that's thirsty? Well, if you would like a drink of this water, it will help your thirst right now. But, you know, it wouldn't matter how much water was in this glass. It wouldn't matter how much is still in the picture behind me back here. What would matter, the only way that that thirst is going to be resolved is for you to take it and to drink it. Whosoever drinketh. In those original words, the drink is there. It's right there for you to take. Your response is to take that one drink of that water. He says, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, I shall give. Your response is to take what God is offering you. His response is that he shall give. He's the only one. He's the only one that has it. He's the only one that's given it to you. It's there, but it's God's. It's God's gift. He says, if you'll take it and drink it, I will give it to you. It's a future tense. Future from the standpoint that God is standing there offering you the drink. But you have to receive it. You have to take it. He stands there ready to give it. He will give it. He'll give it to whosoever will drink it. The response, God is the giver. Oh, if you only knew, if you knew the gift that God is offering, if you knew who it is, Jesus Christ, that even today, 
stands before you with that gift, you would be asking him not just to satisfy your natural thirst, not to satisfy your fleshly thirst, not to satisfy you in this life with whatever. And you're just deceiving yourself if you don't think that your desires are selfish and self-centered. Jesus has gone on later in this to show us, hey, the real desire is to please God, to do his work, to do his will, not mine. But what I want you to see here is the response that's necessary. God says, if you'll drink it, I'll give it. If you'll drink it, I'll give it. And what happens with those responses, we see next the result. The response must come from you in receiving the gift that God alone is giving, and it's there, and it's available. If you will take it, he says, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Shall never thirst. Shall never suffer from thirst again is literally the picture that it's giving us here. And you know what? It's in that same point, shall never thirst. In other words, at a single point in time, the potential was there. At a single point in time, when you take that which God is giving to you, then there's this negative, never. It's actually three words there. Three words that are translated into one word in your Bible. The first one literally is, is E-I-S, which means into or unto something. The second is O-U-M-E, which means never, certainly not, not at all, by no means. And the third is eon, unbroken ages, eternity. In other words, he's saying that if you will respond by taking the gift that God is offering you, God will give you that drink. And if you do, there will never, certainly not, by any means, into or unto the unending ages, will there ever be the potential that at any point of time that he who takes one drink will ever suffer thirst again. <laughs> He's getting an awfully strong point across in that word never, shall never thirst again. It's not the possibility. The potential is not even there. If you take the gift that God has for you, if you'll drink of that drink of living water through Jesus Christ, then there's absolutely no possibility under the sun now or ever to spiritually thirst and not have that which God has given to you. Wow. <laughs> That's the result of taking of God's gift. The response, the result. Can I give you this in closing? The reason. Notice what he says here. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Why? What's the reason for that? <laughs> But the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. There's a reason why. That if you'll respond, nobody else can for you. Here today, I will say to you again, if you, 
If you knew the gift that God was offering to you in salvation, if you knew who Jesus Christ was, the one that died, that made it possible, that did it all, if you would respond by taking of that, if you would reach out, it's there. The potential is there. God's done everything there is. Everything is there. If you'll take it once for all in your life, truly trust in Jesus Christ and his finished work, that will satisfy you spiritually for all of eternity. He gives eternal life. But the water that I shall give him that gift from Christ shall be in him, shall literally to become or begin to be. You see, it's a water flow that has a beginning but has no end. It will begin to be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus Christ is the source. He said, if you'll take this, it's like a well in you because I'm the source and it will just keep, keep flowing like that fountain. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. You may have seen pictures of or seen in person in our, an artesian well <laughs> with an unending supply. It just keeps flowing and it keeps flowing, giving life that cannot and will not ever end. This Sinful woman, she was living a pretty, pretty bad life. <laughs> she had already been married and divorced you know, five times, and she was shacking up with somebody else. She wasn't living a very spiritual life, to say the least. But Jesus said, you, <laughs> and all your sin, all your past, all that you're doing right now, if you'll respond, by taking of the gift that I'm offering you. I'm going to do far more than what I've asked you to meet this natural need of thirst here. If you knew the gift of God and you knew who I was, <laughs> you'd be asking me for a drink, not for this natural life, but for your spiritual life, for eternity that you can live. Take of this one time and you'll, you'll never thirst again. There is nothing else out there except Jesus Christ. Once you have him, you have everything that you need for now and eternity. If you just respond by taking that one drink, the one that I'll give you, you'll never thirst again. It'll be an unending supply. If we would never thirst, how do we explain sometimes maybe the, the doubts the insecurities that can come to being a Christian. Usually, may I say this, and I don't mean it nasty, if you knew. Usually, it's because of our ignorance. Ignorant. Ignorant, things that we don't know. It's not a nasty word. If we're ignorant in an area, we need to correct that to understand, to know. If you knew. See, so many times, even after we've come to understand and know. <laughs> Maybe God's called you to specific service. Maybe there's a thirst there for that. Maybe 
It's a call to repentance, to holy living, because your life is not being lived the way it ought to be lived. Maybe it's a thirst for something that you need, for example, to be filled with the Holy Spirit instead of filled with self. Maybe you need God controlling your life and you need God's desires in your life instead of your own. There are many things that we can thirst for, but not eternal life. It's all in Jesus. And you take him or you don't have him. But then it usually comes from a lack of faith, a lack of knowing, a lack of Marking something is known. We need to remember the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach here at the well. One drink. Whosoever, anybody that will take the gift of God and drink of it. God is there. He's done everything. He's offering you the gift of eternal life if you just knew what he was offering you, if you just knew Jesus and who he is, you would ask for it. I believe that today. I believe that in one way or another, that lack of faith comes through an ignorance of God, an ignorance of God's gift through his son, Jesus Christ, an ignorance of all that God has done for you. You can't truly know him. You can't truly know who God is and all that he's done. We love him because he first loved us. We looked at that this morning, today. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe it's somebody that will be listening to this message weeks, months, even years from now on the Internet or something. But are you thirsty today spiritually? Have you tried the different things to try to, to satisfy that thirst? Have you looked at all the things this world has to offer and that thirst has never been satisfied. May I encourage you today, look to the one true God. <laughs> look to Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ by this well that said, oh, if you just knew the gift that I'm offering you, he's offering today. There are many, many other things in this passage. But he tells us on the verse before you right there, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, this water that I can give you right now may solve a bit of thirst in this temporary physical life, but we're talking about drinking of the water that only Jesus can give. And when you take of that, you'll never thirst again. But it will begin from him as the source, and it will be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Today, there's only one place to get your spiritual thirst satisfied. Today, will you take of it? Jesus has done it all. It's there. It's available. God's response is offering it to you. He's done everything, and now he's offering it to you. In Jesus Christ, will you respond? by drinking of that which he offers you, by taking. Only you can do that, and you do that by humbling yourself, by praying and asking for his mercy, for his forgiveness, because Jesus Christ is the only thing that can satisfy God's wrath against your sin, that can satisfy the sin debt that is due because of your sin. But God wants to satisfy that, and he wants to satisfy that thirst within you, 
And that's why he's done it, and that's why it's available. But your response is to take it, to receive it. doesn't matter that it's there if you're not willing to personally receive it yourself. Father, I thank you this morning that, Lord, as we've looked at this familiar passage, an account that most of us have probably heard and read before ourselves in Scripture, Jesus there by Jacob's well using this natural thing that we can all relate to to some degree because, Lord, we all deal with thirst to some level or another. But, Father, this day Jesus was using this illustration, Lord, to relate to that spiritual thirst, the thirst that, Lord, can only be satisfied by the gift that you give. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's, that's the gift of life that you gave us when Jesus came and died for us and rose again the third day. Lord, I, I don't know the hearts of anybody here this morning, but I do know this with absolute certainty. I know that there is only one place. There is only one thing that will satisfy this eternal thirst. And I know for a fact that you laid this message upon our hearts for this morning. So, Lord, I pray that whoever is under the sound of my voice right now, whether it be here or somewhere else out there, I pray, God, that you would help them to understand and know, know that the gift that you give, the gift of your Son is the gift of life now and for eternity. And the Lord is there. It's been appropriated for them because it's not your will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Lord, I pray that you'd help them today to respond not by ignoring or turning away or looking for some other answer, but help them, Lord, by taking receiving of the gift that you offer. And I pray this day that you would help them, Lord, to do that from the depths of their heart. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as Christians, help us, Lord, to recognize and understand that when we have Jesus Christ, we've been given the gift of life. Lord, if there are other things in our life that we thirst for, you're still the answer. We can never thirst again for salvation, though. There is no other salvation. There is no other. We either have it in Jesus or we, have not, we don't have it at all and we have no hope for it. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to recognize that <laughs> our salvation is sure. Lord, now we need to look around us. We need to look on the fields. We need to be as Jesus was here to understand that, Lord, our meat, our sustenance, our strength does not come in the natural things of this world, but it comes in doing your will. And, Lord, help us to be challenged today just as Jesus challenged them there at the well that day to lift up our eyes, to, to look on the fields that are white, all ready for harvest. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be busy about the Father's business. Help us to grasp and understand that, Lord, that's the real thing that will satisfy us, that will sustain us, that will strengthen us, the same as it was for Christ to be about your business. Lord, work in hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name.